the year 50 has been a, a theme in the Torah portion. Because 50 is the Yovel, the Jubilee year, which our B'nai Mitzvah students today, Kyle and Melissa, spoke about. What it is, is after 49 years of working the land, we're supposed to take a sabbatical, a break. We take a break, and all of the people who are indentured to us as servants and slaves in the time of the Bible are to be freed. All of the money that is owed is to be returned and released. All of the responsibilities and debts, open. And what the real point of the Yovel is of this 50th year, more than anything else, according to most commentators, is for pause and reflection. That when we work in the, the grind and the regular toil of what is our responsibilities to the land and our community and those who help support our work, that we are required to take a break and to reflect and to look at what we're doing. Because if we weren't to take that break, what the rabbis feared was that we would never pause and give the land a rest. We would never pause and give those who work with us a rest. We would never pause and give ourselves a rest. And most importantly, through that pause, we would never stop and see what we've done wrong and how we can make it right. And that's an important sentence. I'm going to repeat it again. Through that pause, it allows us the chance to return and see what we've done wrong and how we can make it right. The year 50 has come up in two other instances, in particular this year in 2011, because it is the 50th anniversary of the trial of Adolf Eichmann, and this week in particular coming up is the 50th anniversary of the Freedom Riders in the South. Just a brief bit of history about both. Adolf Eichmann, of course, was part of the leadership in Nazi Germany and headed much of the operations that exterminated Jews from all over Eastern Europe. He had fled immediately after the war and was in running and in hiding. And in 1960, he was found by the Mossad in Argentina on a street called Garibaldi. He was captured by the Mossad coming home from the bus one day, interrogated in a home. It was turned out to be true after about 48 hours that they indeed had found the man that they were searching for, Adolf Eichmann. And interestingly, just a side note that I had reread and looking at Eichmann's life and thinking about the issues related to the death of bin Laden, Eichmann was given the opportunity right then for instant death or trial in Israel. Eichmann shows trial and his wishes were abided by. He was hidden, he was caused to be drunk and infused with all types of medication that made him quite groggy and put onto an El Al plane which then flew him to Israel and they announced the news that they had captured Eichmann. There he stood trial and after his trial, he was sentenced to death, and he was the first and only person 
who was sentenced to death and had that punishment actually executed in the state of Israel. Turning to America and 50 years ago this week, we had the Freedom Riders. It caused, in 1961, in states like Mississippi and Alabama, martial law to be imposed. It happened when a crowd of white men took stones and bricks and threw them into a church that was predominantly black. Rioting ensued. Many white men beat, tortured, and some even killed black men. So, a group of leaders got onto a bus and they started riding throughout the South in a way to proclaim their liberties, in a way to proclaim their freedoms, in a way to stop the injustices that were happening to people who were different in color. The main purpose of the Freedom Riders in 61 was to try and overturn what were the Jim Crow laws. The Jim Crow laws were a group of laws that in summation would say that all people are the same, but that blacks and whites would have equal treatment but different. Those Jim Crow laws were the very laws that gave separate schools and segregation, that gave separate water fountains, separate bathrooms, separate eating areas in restaurants in the South based on these Jim Crow laws of separate but equal. It's hard to believe, thank God, how far our country and our people have come in 50 short years when looking at the grand scope of the evolution of people. But it was through those freedom riders and leadership like the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and others who made their way down south, who jumped on those buses, who stood at the podiums and the pulpits of churches and preached for that opportunity. For us to pause and reflect on where our country was and where it was going. Because the Jim Crow laws had been in effect for many, many years. It wasn't something that was put into action just then in the 50s or 60s. But it was these freedom riders who were saying, time has come for us to pause and to change and to see what is right versus wrong. And we have a responsibility to use our voices and to stand up. And justice needs to be served. There were those in Israel in the 1960s who 12 short years after the formation of the state who had literally dirty fingernails from working the land every day, who were trying to erase the history of their past in Germany and in Hungary and in Austria, who wanted to forget the horrors of the Holocaust and losing their family. But the leadership said, no, we have to pause and reflect, and we have a responsibility to serving justice. And that's what caused the Mossad to go into that deep search for those Nazi war criminals like Joseph Mengele and like Adolf Eichmann, and that eventually led to the capture of Eichmann and his trial. It was all through that moment of pause and reflection and thinking about whether it's right or wrong and has justice been served. Now you might ask what I ask. 50 years is a long time. 
We're lucky in our lives to see one Yovel, very few could see two, to see two Jubilee times. Why do we only pause every 50 years to reflect and to see right versus wrong, good versus bad? Well, the answer is that we don't. We actually have a responsibility to pause every seven years. Six years we work, and seven days, the seventh year is called a Shemitah year, a sabbatical year. And after seven cycles of those seven is 49, and then the 50th is a Yovel. There's no greater example of that than that which we're immediately in the middle of, of counting the Omer. We count the Omer from the second night of Passover until the night before Shavuot. And for those mathematicians in the group, we know that there are exactly 49 days, seven cycles of seven. And through each of them, what we're asking for through those six days of work and the seventh of pause, which replicates exactly the Shabbat, is for a moment for us to breathe, to inhale and exhale, to look backward and to look forward, and to ask ourselves about what our role is in serving justice. What our role is in what's working versus what's not working. What our role is in making a difference. I think what Yovel teaches us is that we can't let history stand still. That we have a responsibility to change the past where and when we can. We have a responsibility where iniquities or injustice have occurred to rectify them when those moments happen. And Yovel, that jubilee year, is the pause to make that happen. It's a time to review. It's a time to let our servitude go. It's a time to release our debts. It's a time to see what we can make right from that which is wrong. This week, there was another form of justice that was handed down. And I hope in the midst of all that's going on in the world, you caught it in your newspapers. Sadly, it wasn't on the front page, but it did make the front section. And perhaps 50 years from now, perhaps on this bimah or in a synagogue like it, maybe in another location, the rabbi will be speaking about looking back 50 years after the trial and verdict of John Demyanyuk. For those of you who haven't followed, John Demyanyuk was someone who was part of the Ukrainian guard who was captured by the SS during the war and forced to exterminate more than 30,000 Jews. At first he was caught in Ohio where he was an auto worker and he was tied to his connection in the war. He stood trial, he was found guilty and then found innocent in a second trial and then he moved back to Eastern Europe and he stood trial again. Some believed he was the terrible person who wore the title, Ivan the Terrible, who stood at the station of Treblinka when Jews from all over, especially Umschlagplatz in the Warsaw Ghetto, were deported there to their final destination. But it turned out that he stood trial this year in Germany and was found guilty of killing more than 27,000 Jews in the death camp of Sobibor, right on the far eastern border of what is now Poland, close to Helm. There's nothing left in Sobibor. There's a very small monument, not much bigger than this actual stand where I'm preaching to you now. But it tells us 
that's 60 years after the war, going on 70 years after the war, that justice can still be served. We have this phrase that we hear that justice delayed is justice denied. But I would argue that's not the case. It's not totally true. That justice delayed is still justice that is delivered. And obviously when we can shorten that delay, it's better. But there's incredible satisfaction in knowing that that justice has occurred. The satisfaction is still in our hearts and minds when we take out those who did evil, whether it was 10 years after they were responsible for slamming airplanes into the trade towers, or whether it's 65 years after they were responsible and complicit in the murder of close to 30,000 Jews. Yovel, the 50th year, is a time for us to pause and to reflect. Reflect what's working and how we're going to keep it working right, and to reflect what's not working and how we're going to fix it and make it better. If it weren't for those courageous people in the South who got on those buses and said the Jim Crow laws no longer work, God forbid, where might we be? If it weren't for those courageous Mossad agents who snuck into Argentina and stood outside their car asking a random gentleman that they hoped would be Adolf Eichmann a quick question and for a cigarette as he got off the bus from his day of work, where would the justice have been for all those survivors in Israel? What is the satisfaction for those who are gone, those who are still living in this trial of Demyanyuk? Whether it's every seven years or every 50 years, whether it's today or tomorrow, the Torah teaches us through this lesson, lesson of Bahar that we have a responsibility to pause. To pause and reflect on what's good and what's bad. To make the good better, to make the bad right. And if we don't, then we're not only letting ourselves down, we're letting God down in the process. May we learn this lesson. May it give us the courage to make a difference. May we reflect not only on the seventh year and on the 49th year, but each and every year and each and every day, but how we made a difference inspired by the Torah. Amen. We continue our service. The Chazan leads us page 155, the Chatzikadish. Please rise. <laughs>